We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots podcast. This is episode 139 of the pod. Joined by Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Plenty to dig into as it is Super Bowl week. Matt, I know you love to lament over the end of football, but I'd rather celebrate um, yeah, all that is all that is on the plate here comes Sunday. But we do need to begin, you know, with with where the sporting world came to a pause um, on Sunday, and that's with the loss of Kobe Bryant. And I know at this point, three four days removed, um, that you know people are still grieving and still dealing with the emotions of it all and. It's one of those odd ones where you didn't likely didn't know the guy, but um, it felt like you, you did. You, you still feel it, yeah, because he was so omnipresent. Um, you know, my takeaway was just that sometimes when our our legends are um, the, the people that we almost see as demigods, as deities, um, when they're brought to a human end, um, it, it oftentimes is, is jarring because it in a selfish way, makes you realize your own mortality. And um, I think that's where I was at for a little while there. But uh, it it just didn't, you know, it was one of those that didn't feel real for a while, Matt. Yeah, I I was texting you briefly on Sunday, and I just, I first remember seeing the tweet, and I was, it was earlier in the day, the Bears' Twitter got hacked. And I think there were a couple Mm -hmm. of other NFL, you know, Twitter accounts got hacked. So that was my original. It's like, oh, this is just, this isn't even like a funny joke of a hack. Like, this is, this is too unreal to believe. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of start seeing it pour in. And uh, obviously, it's been everything that has been said, you know, is has been said. And we can't really add much more to it, not saying that we didn't know the guy. Uh, but it, if you saw, if you didn't get a chance to see inside the NBA last night or, or some of yeah. the, the clips from it, um, to to go back and watch some, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched about the second half and, and some of the stuff Shaq said, but that was to me showed what an icon Kobe was. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's still weird to me saying that, you know, Kobe was um, and, and seeing, you know, uh, seeing that graphic, you know, every TV station has, you know, 1978 to 2020. Like every time I see that, it's still kind of seeing it and shaking your head. Um, yeah. But I mean, you hit it. He, he was an icon. He seemed larger than life. I mean, he was, we grew up obviously the, the very tail end of the Bulls era. So, I mean, I remember the last championship and obviously I'm a Bulls. I'm a Jordan guy. I think he's the best to ever play and all that. Cause I'm a Chicago person, but really like the heart of my childhood growing up, like the heart of my sports fandom was when Kobe was dominating the NBA. So this is, this is our, you know, Jordan for lack of a better way. This was the guy who was the icon, who was the leader who, who paved the way for everybody ahead of him. And he did so through, his hard work, which I think really adds to why he identified with so many people. Yeah, I think that's that's what a lot of people saw in him that they that they you know wish for themselves was that relentlessness, the pursuit of greatness. Um, you know, he, he's like like many legends, uh, like like many of the people that we do exalt. He's a complex and complicated individual, and we were just starting to see a different Kobe Bryant, not saying that it was a better, worse or otherwise Kobe Bryant, it's but he had taken on so many forms throughout the last 25 years from, you know, high school phenom to like 
the, the baby fro wonder who joined Shaq and did all this crazy stuff to obviously, you know, his other headlines in the news to then, you know, a, a complete retooling of his image and, you know, doing it again with a different group of guys and just the ability to bring the best out of everyone. And then we, you know, we, we really saw him become a dad. And that's the true um, tragedy in all of this is that not only Kobe Bryant passes away, but, you know, nine people on that flight, including Kobe's daughter um, on that helicopter. And, uh, you know, two of Gianna's teammates are on that. So, like, so many lives are affected by this that it, it far transcends a sports story. And, um, you know, there are no proper words to put to it, but, um, it's just, it's a massive loss. It's one of those that you'll always remember where you were when you saw it, when you heard it. Um, you'll always remember, you know, the, the moments of denial and hopefully we'll, we'll be given some, some great moments of remembrance in the not too distant future. Um, I know that the, that they're talking about the uh, memorial service being at the LA Coliseum because Staples isn't going to be big enough. And mm -hmm. um, those are going to be, you know, indelible images that are attached to this man's legacy as well. Um, but the, the solace that I've begin, begun to take in it is the fact that, you know, a lot of people, most people, 99.999% of people, um, when they pass, they're remembered by their loved ones. And if, if they're lucky enough, like you and I, to be surrounded by, as many loved ones as we are, there's that framework, but there isn't that framework for everyone. And for Kobe Bryant, it was far beyond the framework. He'll forever be remembered because he was a legend, because so many people held him dear. You know, his, his memory lives on far beyond his days on the court, his days on the earth, um, his days with us because of the impact he had in his 41 years here. Kobe Bryant is a name, an idea that will survive all of us. You know, it, it, that, that's a generational name and idea that our kids will tell their grandkids about. And, um, you know, there's, there's solace in the fact that he created something so great in his 41 years here that there is immortality in it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, there's not much else I can say. You kind of hit it. And I mean, I, I think the way he this went about his career and then, you know, his, his post NBA career, living his life through that mama mentality, hear all these stories about how not, he was obviously a smart guy, but his quest to always become smarter, his quest to always work harder. Um, it, it, I mean, leave it to him for his pretty much last act to, to, to all of us is really teaching us and, you know, teaching us all a lesson about ways to live our lives, ways mm -hmm. to go about your career, ways to go about, you know, your path, your journey is to always attack that. And I think growing up, I mean, I know you and I both grew up, you know, with, with parents that raised us on the, on the foundation of hard work. Um, you know, my, my dad always had a saying growing up, if there's, if you have a problem in life, first question to ask yourself is, can I be working harder to solve that? And, and, and I think there's, obviously you see that through your parents, you see that, you know, through your, your friends and family at times, but to see that mentality through a pro athlete, some guy, someone who's so gifted, but see how hard they work it makes it somehow seem more attainable to you. Uh, if that makes sense. And I think that's why a lot of us identified with Kobe because he was, he was so talented, but he only got to where he was because of how hard he put in the work, his quest to get better. He was always trying to get better. He was never content with being where he was at. And it yeah. showed, you know, till the day he passed till the day he retired all that. Um, so our condolences do go out to, you know, 
all of those affected in these nine lives that were lost and, um, you know, may their families and, and, and may the fans of Kobe Bryant and, and Gianna, you know, exalt that memory and keep them alive in that way. So, um, ne- ne- to, never be afraid to go out and call a loved one, say hi, yeah, reach out. If, if you got some gripes going on, if, if you got problems with people in life, you know, sometimes things are that's, a little bit bigger than yeah. that. And I think that's another thing we kind of learned here is, is, is you can get over problems. You can work through and things, but life's too short to, to hold grudges because you never know. We tend to defer to that um, when tragedy strikes. And I heeded that warning long ago. And that's something that I mm-hmm. pride myself in is making sure that my people know how I feel about them and, and my people feel loved by me. And um, that uh, that's something that, you know, I take a lot of pride in and will continue to do, but it, it is a liberating thing. And it's, um, it's something that, you know, makes you feel good when you're not having a good day. So um, lean on those people for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, not to pull this thing all the way down right off the top, but we do need to talk Super Bowl a little bit here, Matt. It is the, uh, the final moments of the NFL season are upon us here as Super Bowl 54 kicks off in Miami on Sunday. The Chiefs and the 49ers. No debating the fact that it is the two best teams in the NFL going at it. We don't always get that every season, so I feel lucky in that like, vein. Like we said, this is the one we deserved. Yeah, and so much, uh, so many storylines coming into this one, whether it's the redemption stories of, you know, D. Ford going off sides a year ago or Kyle Shanahan blowing the 28 to 3 lead with Atlanta as the offensive coordinator or, you know, there's just, or Andy Reid's legacy, mm-hmm. you know, earning its final piece here as a head coach, obviously. He won a, a Super Bowl as an assistant with the Packers, but um, as a head coach, still looking for his Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes, uh, uh, the most talented quarterback of our generation right now, but does that talent translate to greatness? And the only thing that makes those things translate are championships, and he has that opportunity. So, so many things uh, are yet to be determined. So many things are yet to be seen between these two, um, and it, it's going to it's gonna write the story of a lot of these guys' careers and a lot of these guys' trajectories on Sunday. Yeah, I think the cool part for me is it's, it's going to write a lot of guys' careers, like you just said. But for these two quarterbacks, I think it's, I mean, obviously, you know, winning a Super Bowl this early into your career gets that off to a great start. But both of these guys are hopefully guys that we, we're going to be seeing in this game, in this, you know, scenario quite a few times going forward. And I think that's what's cool for me. It's not necessarily the, the Brady versus Goff, you know, the old guy versus mm-hmm. the young guy, and, you know, one, you know, looking for his seventh or sixth, whatever, one looking for his first. It's two guys. It, it kind of feels like almost the beginning of a new era of, you know, totally. we've been in this new but, era, obviously, of the young superstar quarterback for the last couple you know years now. But now we're starting to see them get to these big games, these Super Bowls and going up against each other. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see which one you know steps up. But the thing is, there's so much young talent at the quarterback position that who knows if this new era will be marked by, you know, one, two opportunity guys rather than your Tom Brady's, your Peyton Manning's, whether this will be the era of parody, because, you know, I, I could take you back, what was it, five years ago? We were probably having mm-hmm. the same conversation about Cam Newton, about how, oh, this is a guy that's going to be in this game and yada, yada, yada. Well, things change. Um, mm-hmm. Injuries happen. Uh, ownership changes. Teams change. Coaches change. So, um, for these guys to feel like, or for us to feel like this is the beginning of something, I think is, um, you know, it's measured and it's probably true, but it's not guaranteed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think 
I, I would agree with you that for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> because I, I think he's a good quarterback, you know, a very solid young quarterback, not a great one. I do think Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the, the talent speaks for itself. I'm not necessarily sure who's co- it matters who's coaching that team. How much longer Andy Reid does it? Is, is, I know it's 11, 11 guys, guys, but I mean, Tom Brady showed a couple times here and there that it might not, you might not need all 11. With um, some th- of the best same talent. lines in the game. Yeah, you, you, thank you for crediting that. You get some offensive line talent up there and, and, mm-hmm. and a good quarterback can do quite a bit, but I think we'll be seeing Patrick Mahomes from here on out uh, right, in, um, in this I'm situation so- quite a bit. Outside of quarterback play, Matt, what is a matchup uh, on Sunday that you really have your eyes on, something that you think might you know, have a big deciding factor in this game? Uh, I mean, it's going to sound – it's going to be very on-brand for me, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's the two matchups up front, uh, mainly the, the 49ers offensive line versus the Chiefs front seven because you kind of saw two different versions of that Chiefs front seven, the one that Derrick Henry was able to take advantage of in the first half and the one that got – was absolutely, you know, a brick wall in the second half. And that 49ers offensive line, I mean, the, the defensive line, the defensive front gets a lot of love, but that offensive line is, is the key to that running game, which has been so dominant for the Niners. And if if that line takes advantage early on like the Titans did, I'm not sure there's going to be a lead that the Chiefs can come back from. What I don't think Chiefs are going to be able to stay in the game. But if we see that front seven that, you know, was able to contain Derrick Henry, able to hold them to however few yards it was in that second half, uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo has to start, you know, dropping back and winning the game for the Niners. I think that's going to be the deciding factor in the game for me. Yeah, um, it's going to be a, it's going to play a huge role. I I have my eyes on the back end as I always do of uh, of both of these teams, but specifically of the 49ers because you know they've been tested, they've been tried, and they've come up with big plays when they've needed them, but they haven't been without their mistakes. Um, you know, even swapping out a Kelly Witherspoon a couple weeks back. Uh, there, there's holes in the back end, and this is the most complete offensive weaponry that they're going to face, um, mm-hmm. that they have faced with uh, Tyree Kill, the way Sammy Watkins was playing, um, Travis Kelsey. I just don't know if for four quarters that the 49ers can slow down this passing attack if they don't get Patrick Mahomes to the ground regularly. So, you know, I, to your point, it does start up front, but beyond that, I, I really... I'm interested to see how the matchups happen in the secondary here with the Chiefs offense and the 49ers defense. And yeah, with that said, you know, I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if it's coincidence or just the direction the game's going or whatever it may be, but you got to have a badass tight end in the NFL today if you want to get to a Super Bowl because mm-hmm. it's the two best tight ends in the Super Bowl this season. I mean, look at Super Bowl champions of the past. You had Gronkowski, who's a legendary tight end in his own right. Um, it's just, it's been almost the common denominator to these last Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl teams, um, that you have a, a really, really good dual threat can do it all type quarter or type tight end who can run block, who can catch a pass 20 yards downfield, 40 yards downfield, make a play who can break one long. Um, that's, I, it's just something that I found really interesting. Interesting in looking at these rosters of these last Super Bowl teams, everyone's got a badass tight end, and we're going to see the two most badass dudes do it on Sunday. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I think it, you said it really well. It's it's become the the trend. It's the last four years and kind of 
we're, we're starting to, especially us as Bears fans this year, we're seeing how weak that tight end position was. Mm-hmm. The, the tight end opens up so much in the middle. If he's able to kind of control and run that middle of the field, it opens up so much for everybody else. That I mean, you said it very well. It, it's hard to have a very good, a very efficient offense without one of the game's elite tight ends. And luckily, we're going to see two of, if not the best, you know, two of the top three, four, whatever in the NFL, probably the two best, like you said. And one, George Kittle, who I'm actually excited to watch every week block because he mm-hmm. is one of the most fun blocking tight ends. I mean, you watch him get off the ball and go up to the second level or blow defensive ends off the line. Obviously, what he does in the passing game is great. And it, it, it makes me sad every day that the Bears passed on him four times. And it, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that someone like that could get to the fifth round in the draft. But it, it's so much fun to watch him just explode off the ball on how much he loves football blocking out there. So, Matt, I'm going to, with that said, give you some matchups here. And you okay. tell me who you give the edge. Let's start right there like with that. the tight ends. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, who's got the edge in this one? Man, uh, I'm going to stick with... Travis Kelsey by the slightest nose simply because he's done it longer. But I mean, in terms of what they've done this season, what they're doing right now, it's really hard to decide between two of them because they do such different things. I mean, they're so great at what they do, but obviously Travis Kelsey is the tight end. And, you know, a a four wide, five wide spread amount offense and and George Kittle's more, I guess, versatile in the sense that, you know, he's going to line up in the I formation on, on the line of scrimmage with his hand in the dirt. He can spread out too. But right now, probably just Kelsey simply because he's been doing it for a few years, whereas this is, you know, Kittle's breakout. I'd agree with you. Um, I think that it's close. I mean, last year, last year was Kittle's breakout, to be fair. But fair enough. Um, over the last two seasons, receiving yards wise, these two tight ends are separated by like 140 yards or something like that to Kelsey's advantage. But they've mm-hmm. both been fantastic in the past game. And we know what what they're capable of in the run game. I agree with you. I do give Kelsey the slight edge in this one, but I also do believe that it's the Super Bowl and you take away a team's strength. I look player prop under on both of these guys on Sunday because Super Bowls seldomly take the beats of a normal football game. You know, a lot of unexpected happens at the Super Bowl, whether it's last year where you get 20-something total points or, you know, you get a blowout in that Carolina Super Bowl we were talking mm-hmm. about or um, you, you get a crazy comeback 28-3. to It just, it's never a normal ball game. And I think that's because oftentimes teams are just so focused on taking away your strengths. I think that, I think that Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are so high on the priority list of each of these defense, we might not see the biggest game out of them, in the past game at least. Yeah, I think I'm looking at the prop screen open right now. Kittle is five, over under five and a half receptions, 74 and a half yards. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, it'll be an interesting one. All right, Matt, let's uh, move on to another matchup. Obviously here uh, we can talk about the quarterback position. I think we know who we give the edge. So let's move on to the running back cores of each of these teams. Um, the two-headed, possibly three-headed monster of the 49ers, uh, depending on Tevin Coleman's availability. But outside of him, Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, against Mm -hmm. the running back core of the Chiefs, which really hangs on the play of Damian Williams. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's the 49ers here. They've been doing it for a lot longer. I think they're a little bit more versatile, whereas the Chiefs aren't turning around and handing the ball off that much. And if they are, it's really just a vehicle to their pass game for the most part. Mm-hmm. They kind of pass or run to set up. 
they're always going to be a pass first team, I guess. And their guys are really just more kind of vehicles to that. Whereas the Niners, we've seen it all year with Mostert obviously had the breakout game, but Matt Breida has been doing it for two years. Tevin Coleman's had a breakout year. Um, uh, you have to lean to the 49ers just because how good their run game has been all year. Not that they're not versatile out of the backfield too, like the Chiefs are, but just the way they run the ball. Um, finally, I think you have to lean with them. Finally, Matt, I leave you with a back and forth of your most beloved kind, the offensive lines of these two teams. Um, I obviously know a ton more about the 49ers offensive line, Weston Richburg, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mike McGlinchey, Notre Dame guy, Joe Staley, longtime veteran, um, been with the team forever. Um, Just the talent up front for the 49ers has been great all season in the run block. Uh, You know, they've kept a clean pocket from time to time, but um, they're going to have their hands full with the pass rush of Kansas City, which offensive line do you give the edge here? Yeah, overall, talent-wise, I, I lean to the 49ers, but the, the way I think kind of this game is going to go, I think they're going to be taken out of their comfort zone a little bit. I think they're going to be asked to go into pass pro a lot more than they have to, than they more have in the past, especially more the Green Bay game. I mean, hell, it was eight dropbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think in this game, in this scenario, I'll probably go with Kansas City because I think they're going to be able to kind of run their offense and do whatever they want because their their game plan is not really changing. Whereas, you know, with, with the Niners, if they go behind, you know, 14-3 or something early, if Kansas City gets off to a quick start like they have, you know, they haven't in the playoffs yet, but they've been able to bounce back from those, get out, you know, a couple touchdown leads. If they're forced to start chasing, that offensive line is going to have to step out of its comfort zone a little bit. Um, so it's a toss up and I have to go in terms of, you know, talent, each, each team getting to do exactly what they want running their game plan. I'll take the 49ers, but the the way I think that game's going to go, I'd probably lean towards Kansas city. That's a, it's a tease for Matt's pick right there, folks. It's a tease for Matt's pick. Might not be my Uh, lock though. We don't know yet. Matt, we, we could come at this game from a million different angles, but I want you to name your MVP, not name Jimmy Garoppolo or Patrick Mahomes. You had to pick an MVP coming out of this one because low-hanging fruit is not what we came to do here. That's right. Uh, g- give, me some, give me something down the roster that you like. If you like the Niners, um, I'll give you one from each team. I think that's fair. Okay. If you like the Niners, um, I would really – I don't have the Super Bowl MVP props open in front of me. Uh, I would imagine Joey Bosa is paying out pretty decent odds because defensive Took players the words all, out of my always mouth. do. Um, and if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because they get to Mahomes, they pressure him, they make him feel uncomfortable, and the one person who can do that better than anybody else on that team, on that line, on that defense, is Joey Bosa. So look for him, I, I would think, is a possibility. Also, it three might, sacks, I'm calling it, three sacks, a touchdown, might, an interception, and four deflected passes. That'd, that'd, that'd get that for you. Big day. Um <laughs> Also, if, if you're looking at the, if you're if you're on the 49ers, Richard Sherman might not be a bad guy to invest a very small amount in because sometimes he he has the big name recognition. He's obviously had a very good year, and if he comes away with an interception and some tackles, and there's not many other you know big standout performances, that's a guy who might get it on, on reputation combined with performance. Um, on the Chiefs side, since I obviously can't go with Patrick Mahomes, um, you know you talked about not leaning towards the big, big names because a lot of times those get game planned for. I kind of like Sammy Watkins as like a dark horse Super Bowl MVP on that yep. Chiefs side. He had a huge game against the Titans. I think I'm looking at it now. Seven, uh, seven receptions, 114 yards, and I think the Titans kind of game plan was to try and not let Kelsey Hill beat them. Uh, and the Chiefs just have Sammy Watkins to go to who's the number one or two receiver on most teams in this league. 
Um, so he would be an interesting one for me. And I, I wouldn't have a hard time seeing him come away with a touchdown or two in, in, a, in a big game. Yeah, um, I think that's what makes this matchup so interesting is the depth of these teams. There's so many options on each team. So many guys could have big games, and um, that's why, it, you know, give the MVP to the coach maybe in this one because it's going to come down to who utilizes their strengths, who targets weaknesses. It, it's going to be a coaching battle between Andy Reid and between Kyle Shanahan, and I'm very excited for it because it's two of the best in the game. Um, it's two of the most selfless play callers in the game. I, I, and with two weeks to prepare, both of these guys have been fantastic. It's so, just the um, smartest minds in football right now. I have no idea what to expect from like a scoring total. Uh, I believe the line's currently hovering around 54, 54 and, and a half. half last I saw. Um, but uh, I, I do not have a feel on it whatsoever because, like I said, it's the Super Bowl. Crazy stuff happens, and it's probably going to happen again this season. Um, Matt, with that, should we uh, should we dive into some locks here? I think we should. Uh, quite appropriately, Matt Rooney backslides with a game and a half lead. Magic number magic number remains 0.5 yeah. for Matt Rooney as it has for the last two weeks. Two losses followed by two uh, Joe Musso wins. So we're looking at a ten and nine to a nine nine and one. Well, I, have two, I, I, no, I don't have two losses in a row. I just have the one two weeks ago. You I have won. the one. Okay, I'm yeah. forecasting this next loss for you. Come on, um, ten and nine to nine nine and one. A half game lead in favor of Matt as we look at our Super Bowl or Super Bowl. Excuse me, final picks here uh, with with a dozen with a dozen pills of of the of the golf ball. I can't believe LeBron missed those free throws. Yeah, I, I, I had the Lakers minus ten and a half the other night. LeBron was at the line to make it an eleven point Knicks. game with like thirty seconds left. He didn't. You know what? I, what bothered me about that, and I was texting with you. I don't remember if I said it before we made the locks or if we were before the show and we were talking about it. The first thing that popped into my mind was the Celtics were like minus six at Memphis, <laughs> and they ended up winning that game by about forty. And I was like, yeah, I was like, was, was like well, I was thinking, about this is red hot. You don't know what to expect. That's well, that's exactly John, what I was. Like. Yeah. My mom was like, you know what, John? John Morant's really good. The Nick, who do the Knicks have? They have R.J. Barrett, but he's kind of really up and down, and that's kind of it. And it's LeBron in the Garden. That's I didn't I go with my been, gut, and that's what bothers me. I had already cashed my ticket, which I don't remember offhand what it was. It's like Sixers Raptors under or something like that. It was. It was Sixers Raptors under. Went just under, and then I flipped it on because. Being out here, we get Knicks games. It's like our we get Yes Network, we get MSG Network. So I watched the end of that game screaming at the television, and here we are with a chance to win the football season-long pick'em, uh, both of us hovering right around 500, as one does. Matt, why don't you give people your lock of the Super Bowl week? Man, I, I'm, I'm flirting between two of them right now. Oh, he's um, still flirting. So I'm going to let you flirt. I'm going to give you Yeah, you go first. I'll take you to the props over three and a half receptions for Damian Williams. Okay. Chiefs running back has caught the ball a bunch out of the backfield this season. I think with the pressure that the 49ers offer, Mahomes is going to have to check down a time or two. I think there's going to be a couple plays designed to him in the past game, as there always is. Give me Damian Williams over three and a half. I'm going something similar, Joe. I'm, I'm actually same team, same type of prop. Uh, I'm going to listen to my own advice on my, my dark horse Super Bowl MVP. I like Sammy Watkins over three and a half receptions. Um, I I really do think uh, he, I mean, he had the seven, um, like we said, against Tennessee. He's had this total a couple times this year with the the last two games before that he didn't hit it, but he's hit this total pretty safely. Most of the games throughout this year. Um, I just, I like it. I I think it's going to be a game where the chiefs are going to have to spread out the ball a little bit because of how good the 49ers are. They're going to have to get creative. 
And I think Sammy Watkins is going to be able to take advantage of some some uh, matchups, like you said, in that 49er secondary, which is if they have an Achilles heel defensively, it's probably there. Uh, that's that's what I'm going to go with. I was, I was between there and the Chiefs, just Chiefs minus one. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins over three and a half. Damian Williams over three and a half. Here's to hoping that Tyree Kill takes all the receiver reps and Sammy Watkins pulls his hamstring. Sorry. Sorry I said it. I mean, if Sorry I, I said it. That, that's you know we don't root for injury on this podcast. We don't. Joe. We don't. No, we Except, just want Sammy Watkins to go out there and drop three passes and then get benched. That's that would that would that no would be a tough one for me. That would no be a tough one for me. <laughs> All right, Matt. Why don't we jump into some buy ourselves here? What do you think? That, wait, what do you think is going to happen on the coin to, the coin toss? I don't. You know. go heads or tails. It, Over see, under on the national is, anthem. The thing is, it's BS because the coin is going to be commemorative. There is no heads. Yeah, but like no they'll tails. say like this is a head. This I know they assign it. I need to know what they're assigning to what before I make my decision. You think it's going to come up Chiefs helmet or Niners helmet? I don't know if it, I think the, it's usually one side's the helmet, the other side's like the logo of the Super Bowl. What I'm saying is we're dealing with a weighted coin here and I need to know the weight of the coin before I can wager. All right. What do you think the first mention in the in the MVP speech is going to be? Teammates, God, um, family, fans, coach, owner, doesn't mention anyone listed. Teammates. Teammates yeah, for sure. It's gotta be, that's, that's the favorite. It's got to be teammates. Gatorade, uh, Gatorade color? I like, I like over in the Demi Lovato. I think it's like 157. Yeah, I saw 156. Anthem. Yeah, I like the over there. Um, Gatorade color? Clear or water is, is the second favorite uh, and plus 500. I, think I don't hate that. I think that's the way to go. I think, I think there's value. Coach, I'm sorry, that's the third favorite. in someone's ear like, I don't want to be sticky for the five hours of mm-hmm. interviews we have to do after we win this thing. I want water. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. That's a good bit. That's our. That's the official prop bet of the Moose and Runes podcast, people. There we go. I also uh, I, I can't find it right now, but on our show earlier in the week, um, one of our experts, Todd Furman, was saying you can find a prop that Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, that Pat Mahomes will have 30 more rushing yards than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's line set at like three and a half. He doesn't really yeah, run he doesn't much. Run. Um, he doesn't get the uh, It was twenty seven or something like that. Twenty seven more rushing yards than Pat Mah- than Jimmy Garoppolo. So I really like that one too. If you can find a Pat Mahomes greater than Jimmy Garoppolo rushing yards, uh, I'd play that one as well. All right, I like it. Uh, you want to start us off buy or sell here? You do it because I forgot what my first one was. Okay, Matt. Very professional um, here at the Most and Ruins podcast. People. Some news. Uh, some news out of Major League Baseball. Who I remember specifically? Chris Bryant loses his arbitration uh, hearing, giving him a giving the Cubs two years of control. Buy or sell that this development allows the Cubs to get a trade done by opening day. Uh, man, I, I still I, I kind of want to buy it now. Um, I know it's late in the game, and. It just it seems like this is destined to not end well, and there are too many teams that missed out on the third base market that I think might be willing to overpay now that they know they have them for two years instead of one. Um, I, I it, it's re- I think you're pretty much at a coin flip right now. I'm not sure there's a right side to guess, but I, it definitely makes it a lot more realistic that this is going to happen because I think the Cubs, which have been rumored to have that ridiculous asking price having two years of Chris Bryant and two years of not, not that he's likely to negotiate with you, but having two years of a chance at that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to buy that. It makes it a lot more likely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be right there with you that because they've made it clear that they're trying to retool, maybe not rebuild, but retool. And this is their biggest chip 
If you're trying it's to way retool, to do it, if you're trying your, to save you money, your biggest chip, you move your biggest chip. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm not as close to it as you guys are right now, but that whole uh, we're out of money situation oh, sounds God. like a whole load of steam and poop. But uh, I can't believe. But the marquee network, Joe. You guys aren't going to be booing Tom Ricketts a year from now on the marquee network. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a, a warm welcome for the marquee network. This is hysterical. Um, but uh, who knows? Who knows? You got one? I do. I remembered it. Um, last night, Pitt, uh, Pitt was at Duke. Duke ended up winning by 12 or so. Pitt is, is coached by former Coach K assistant Jeff Capel. Um, after the, the loss, the fans were going at Capel a little bit, chanting his name and all that. Coach K runs over, scolds the fans, screams at him. Buy or sell Coach K's move of, uh, of, of backing up the old, the old assistant. I absolutely buy it 150%, not only because we were given the images of Coach K standing at center court that was, berating that, the that, I think that was my ESPN, I got to hand it to him, did a fantastic job. The cutaways, the different angles they had of that thing, it was unbelievable. It looked like an episode of Scared Straight once he started screaming at those kids. like They were like trying not to make eye contact with him. Like No one was smiling. It was mm-hmm. like they were being yelled at by their, their dad. father, their mother. It was absolutely priceless. And just, you know, that's, that's Coach K. They're the Dukies. It's one of your own. You know, we take care of our own. That's what's made them what they are for better or for worse is that it's that fraternity feel and no matter where you go after you're a dookie, you're a dookie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Coach K has the best perspective on that rather than some snot-nosed 19, 20-year-old who's just happy that he got a seat in the fifth row and he's going to chant some dumb stuff. Um, maybe doesn't understand the lineage, the depth, the relationship there. They just know that a former Duke assistant was here and you know we got the best of them. Let's chant something stupid. We're college kids. Um, I do, however... You know, so I buy it, but I do, however, present a worry. I hate when older coaches scream to a point where they're red in the face. Like, like I like intensity. I worry about the health of these older guys who go through so much stress as it is. You know, people have stepped away from the game, Urban Myers, other coaches, because of their health. Coach K was at a worrisome point of screaming yesterday. Like, I was, I was worried for Coach K's health with how hard he was hitting it there at, uh, at Cameron Indoor he last was, night. I mean, he was getting he was he looked like he was yelling at an official after like a bad technical foul or like the refs like the refs in the Wisconsin Duke National Championship game he was getting in their ear he was not happy at all whatsoever he was I, I didn't I, I buy the move sure like it was fine it was fun to see him yell but I didn't I didn't think it was worth getting that angry but good for him I guess he had his Wild. guys back Wild. that was his old bag band so he's, he's got to back him up <laughs> Matt, uh, for my next buy or sell for you, I'm going to take us back to the props uh, because there's a lot of interesting ones. And one I was looking at was um, you can get pretty good odds on a missed extra point or field goal. Um, and those odds go up exponentially as you obviously have more opportunities. So buy or sell with the wild things that we do see in mm-hmm. Super Bowls that we will have a missed kick of some sort on Sunday. Yeah, I'll buy that. I mean, we got two pretty good kickers, but. I believe not. Rob, not Robbie Gold's first Super Bowl, but it's it's a different game kicking under pressure, and you never know how long someone's going to kick something, you know, how long an attempt's going to be. So I, I think the odds are in the favor if, if we're getting to see a lot of field goals here that, that one of them might be at some point missed. So that is my kicking special teams analysis. There you go. You got anything else? I got uh, one more for you if you don't have any for me. I do have. I actually, I got because other than being football pod, Joe, we're we're a golf pod. But of course. Um, 
So I actually got I got two different so golf clubs. You want, you so want to go to the farmers? It was. You want to go Tiger or you want to go uh, General Golf? Question. Take me Tiger first. We'll finish General. Okay. Which I'm going to ask you buy buy or sell Tigers? You know, weekend at Tory. Um, I totally buy it. It's it's a place that obviously he has history with the with the eight wins, the you know the seven farmers, the the U.S. Open in 08. But since then, he's struggled there mightily. He's missed cuts. He hasn't done well at the Farmers. This was a completely new setup. You know, some things changed with the course. So I think it allowed Tiger to kind of free his mind up and just attack the course that was in front of him rather than the history that was behind him. That was really nice. Write that yep. down. Um, but I, I really... I, I, I totally heard what you said and wrote it down. It's, it's another situation where if he can get the putter rolling hot, on any given weekend, and we know he will. It's going to come, it's going to go. He's 44 years old. This is what happens when you're older. Your first thing to go is the greens um, and you know your, your distance, but that's not the case with Tiger. He mm-hmm. was amazing with the new driver in his hands, with the new sim Taylor made in his hands, he hit a lot of fairways, and then I, I think he might be the best ball striker in the game again. Like The mm-hmm. way he's swinging his irons is infallible like there's nothing you could say about it his tempo was amazing his he looked like he was comfortable swinging the club we're no longer asking the questions of health we're asking the questions of performance um his health is there now obviously it's still gonna be something that he monitors with his schedule but it's just you know can he go out there can he roll the putts in can he win because he was in striking distance i mean he had that eagle on the second hole that would have you know, catapulted his round on Sunday, and then who knows what happens. Obviously, Leishman has an amazing round. Probably not going to catch 15 under, but that eagle then bounced out of the bottom of the cup, and then, you know, he misses another eagle putt low side. That so was it's the all wildest, by the way, shot I think I've ever seen. I've never seen. He put so much spin on the ball that it spun out, spun of, the out of the hole. bottom of the cup. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I was I totally buy Tiger's performance at the Farmers after not having played for a while. Um He's he's trying to ramp up here, and he believes in his health too because he's already talking about wanting to you know be on the Olympic team come the summer. So um, no, totally buy it. Love it. Um, I got one I more for it. you. Of course, it's a tiger. It's a golf tiger. It's a tiger. I'm not going to not buy tig- tigers. You know, weekends or whatever. I'm, I got I'm one more for you here because uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't just at least say the name Zion Williamson. Sure, Zion with four games under his belt now. Um, is averaging like 18 points per game, eight rebounds, and I believe, if you let me pull it up here, I think he's like 70% plus from the field in that range. Yeah, he's shooting really well. Um, Matt, buy or sell, and you know, that's with limited minutes. Last night he did play 30, it was his largest minute total, and continue to bump up as they, you know, phase him in here. Matt, buy or sell, Zion Williamson finishes the season with scoring average above 16 points per game and rebound average above seven points per game. I think I'm going to take that over. Um, I, mm-hmm. He's looked very good, obviously, in limited samples, and we'll start. I, I don't think you'll see the, the minutes, um, you know, the minutes per game really eclipse, uh, at least on an average basis, much more than 30 a night because they're, yeah. they're still going to try and, you know, there's no point in pushing him too hard because of that injury. Obviously, you want to keep him healthy long term. But they're going to be in a playoff stretch push because they already are, and that, that team is really talented. They seem to finally start clicking. They're going to be a playoff push. He's going to be a huge part of that, and provided he stays healthy, I I, I have no reason to believe what, from after what we've seen from the first few games that he's not going to just keep getting you know, a little bit better throughout the rest of the season. Obviously, conditioning might come into it at some point, 
um, because he might not be used to, you know, that big of a, a minutes load that early in the NBA, but I think eventually he'll be fine. I think 16 and seven uh, is very, very doable for him. So I'll buy that. Um, I do as well. It's one of those things where you try and fit guys into a mold and usually you can, it's just, he's just different. Whether yeah. he can sustain it, we'll see. That's still the biggest question. But, I mean, he had a block in his second game where the he ran They went the, 10 rows up. Like, there's there's things that he does that don't look human, that don't look like at least they belong on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just his power inside. He's a tough guy, even if you get a bottom body on him to move. So I think that 16-7 and seven is a very prudent, uh, prudent forecast for him. All right, I uh, I got one more golf by yourself. Where we've talked in the past about some some alternative football leagues here with the, with the XFL and the AAF last year, but uh, th- there's some rumblings of a, a proposed uh, what's called Premier Golf League, basically a new tour um, mm-hmm. being you know submitted, you know, getting off the ground. I'm going to read the. I got the hold on. Have the description under here under the proposal unveiled an email from the World Golf Group last week. Forty-eight players would compete in eighteen tournaments over fifty-four holes with shotgun starts the first two days. Eight-month season with two hundred forty million in total prize money. So that's that's quite a bit of money for eighteen tournaments. Uh, no cut. There would be individual team league format tournaments would have ten million dollar purses with two million to the winner. Overall champion receiving ten million dollar bonus and a forty million dollar team prize. So, Joe, buy or sell any traction to this new uh, proposed rival? to the PGA tour of the premier golf league, because it seems like guys like Ernie Els and Phil, the, the older guys who might not be hanging in the PGA as, as much anymore, uh, have some serious interest in this. I sell it because as much as we love golf, um, when you look at the greater public, like the entire United States of America, it is still relatively niche. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if there's, if there's not a market for more football, is there really a market for more, more golf? golf? Like, what are the numbers right now for the, you know, European tour when it's on Golf Channel? What are the numbers for even the LPGA tour, or the senior tour? The PGA tour is the main event. It's the main attraction. You got people who watch every weekend. You got people who watch the majors. You got people who don't watch it all. I, I just don't know what, if you're going to have another, um, if you're going to have another league, another tour, the only people that are, even possibly your target demo are the people that are watching the PGA tour every week. The casual or somewhat casual fan has no interest in this. I did see something where they're toying with the idea of certain years doing an end of season tournament, like after the FedEx cup between European tour champions and um, PGA tour champions, like having a global championship as well. So I do like the idea of working in different formats and structures but i don't think a new another tour is exactly what is needed yeah i think it the very best it would turn into almost a glorified senior tour because i I think the the types of players that this markets to are the guys like phil are the guys like ernie that are on the backside of their pga tour career getting towards the end not really winning those big purses anymore but if there's this new tour that's going to start out and have big purses at least early on well, they can throw that money around. Yeah, they, they might get some big names to go play some tournaments there and, and, and try and, you know, I don't want to say take the easy way out into winning bigger money, but have a better chance and, and not have to compete with the stiffest competition to win some bigger money. But I think in the long term, the PGA Tour isn't going anywhere. And like you said, there, there's, there's not really a market for another big golf tour. 
Matt, this is our uh, our final football pod of the season. Not necessarily because next week we're going to talk about um, the Super Bowl, but it would only be right. It would only be right that if Mitch Trubisky ruins the beginning of our season, he's in some way ruin the end of it as well. Breaking news coming in. Mitch it's not ruining it. Underwent surgery to repair a partially torn labrum on his left non-throwing shoulder shortly after the conclusion of the regular season. Typical recovery time for a minor procedure such as this is a few months. So just yeah. had to get a little Mitch. Just had to get a little Mitch news in there. Mitch is on the mend. Hoping him the best. See you in camp. I was I was going to mention the breaking news because we I think it's like two two weeks in a row now, three weeks in a row now, we've, we've broken some news on the pod. So Shout out us for becoming a, a new breaking Big news time. podcast. Big time. So, you know, because that's what the format is made for, non-live podcast breaking news. It's what we do here on the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 139. Matt, I, I, got, I got a brief shut it down, if you don't mind. We Always. haven't done this one in a while, but I, wait, something's kind of come across wait, wait, wait. the Twitter. What? Hit the music. I was going to. I was going to say, if you would let me, I'd like to hit the music. Hit the music. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down! Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. All right. Um, this is somewhat more of a this is more of a serious, important, you know, raising awareness to a cause type thing. Um, today is Bell Let's Talk Day uh, on Twitter, on all social media. Bell is a, a Canadian media company that once a year does a a campaign to raise awareness, raise funds for mental health awareness throughout. Uh, I think all of North America. Um, every tweet with the hashtag Bell Let's Talk, they donate five cents to, you know, uh, mental health awareness um, foundation. I forget exactly which foundation they um, send it to, but basically donates five cents to, to mental health awareness causes uh, for every hashtag used on Twitter, I believe on Instagram, whatever. Um, so scrolling through those hashtags, scrolling through some of the tweets that, that some of these, you know, sports organizations, players, you know, um, media personalities have uh it's important to get out there and retweet some of these tweet the hashtag bell let's talk because mental health is a a very important awareness a very important cause that's really kind of coming to light over the last five years um and just never be afraid to like like we said early on with the with the kobe stuff never be afraid to reach out never be afraid to ask how somebody's doing never be afraid to to check in with with loved ones all the time because you never know what people are going through, and it's okay to talk. So that's my yeah. little PSA, and it has to be today. I, I believe it's only for the day. So if you're listening to the podcast Thursday or Friday, uh, sorry you're out of luck. But if you hear this, get on Twitter, hit a retweet, hit a tweet, yeah. text your friends, see how they're doing. If you notice some regardless, people struggling a little different, just ask. Never hurts to ask somebody how they're doing. Regardless of a hashtag or, or, or the, the movement that is that is great in its, in its goal and, and its cause, um, there's no bad day to reach out. So uh, I think that is the overarching message to the entire podcast is, you know, call somebody you love, tell them you love them and, uh, and don't, don't take those days for granted. So um, we appreciate you guys as always for tuning into the Moose and Runes podcast, this episode 139 of the pod. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the, uh, enjoy the, the wings. Enjoy. Oh, Matt, Matt, drums are, drums are flats. I I don't have, I actually, I'm one of the few that doesn't really have a preference. I can go either way. You have to have, I mean, I love both, but you have to give one an edge here. I probably go, if I have to pick one, I probably go flat because I feel like it gets the right answer, but I'm not, I'm not going to turn down the drum. It's the right answer. Like I I do have, like I've known people, I've talked to people like we'll order like a wing order, just drums or just flat. Like, it, it's wings. They're both really good. But if I have to pick, I'm going to get more out of the flat. In the, you got a forever, Super Bowl spread, or you got to work. 
uh, I'm gonna be working AM, and then we're we're getting drinks at a place after. But uh, okay, so I you're think, not you're not you you're know. not preparing the spread. No, but um, but I can guarantee you this: like Marshawn, I'm gonna be taking care of my chicken. Take care of that chicken on Super Bowl Sunday, Joe. I'll do this. Gonna do it for the Moose and Ruins podcast episode 139. Thank you as always for tuning in. As always, hit us up on Twitter. Subscribe, download, like, share, all the above. We appreciate you guys as always. For Matt, I'm Joe. We're out. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.